0: Yo, yo. Welcome in, you bunch of golf degenerates, to the Open Podcast. Uh, My name is Joe Idoni. This is the Preferred Lines Podcast. If you stumbled in here... We are a golf gambling podcast streaming live on YouTube, Twitter, right now. As we speak, it will also be available on iTunes and Spotify, the audio version, shortly after we wrap up tonight. Um, If you're here and you enjoy what you see, go ahead down there, hit a thumbs up button, maybe subscribe, maybe a like, maybe share with a friend. All that stuff kind of helps. Um, Huge show tonight. Final major of the season. Here's what we got on tap. I'm going to give you a brief brief course preview tonight because i got someone on who's joining me who can do talk a lot more in depth than i can about this kind of stuff uh, we're going to talk about what really matters at the old course with david barnett of the tour junkies excited to talk with david uh, i had the pleasure of meeting him in person about a week ago great dude extremely generous uh and excited to bring him on to preferred lives for his debut appearance Uh, David and I will go through the odds board, talk about some things that we like some guys we don't like. some maybe some yeses it's early in the week. What's going to move all that kind of good stuff. I'll give you my best bet of the week. I'm also going to do a thing. So I've been getting like, I get these DMS all the time about how to structure a betting card. So at the end of the show, I'm going to take you behind the scenes into like my little Google sheets on how I like structure in terms of how much I'll lay out for each guy Just to kind of give you an insight, not that it's right or wrong, there's many ways to skin the cat, Uh, but I'm going to show you kind of how I do it. If you have any questions for myself or David, feel free to drop those into the chat, um, and I will try to do my best to answer them. At the end of the show, I'll do my final thoughts segment, as I always do, Um, before I get into the course preview. This part of the show is brought to you by Fantasy Points. So, they have done an awesome and huge initiative into Golf Push, basically starting since the Masters. They've got a great team over there. You can use the promo code LINES22, we'll get you 10% off. I believe they have weekly and monthly subs. Dom does a great job. Matt Gannon, uh, Chris Murphy, they've got a great crew over there. Huntman does his course preview as well. Um, good group of guys. Proud that they were able to support the show and appreciate their support as always. Four preferred lines. Okay, so course preview. Like you guys know what we got coming, right? It's the old course at St. Andrews, public golf course, which is always cool, located in St. Andrews, Scotland. Uh, par 72, 7,313 yards on the opening scorecard. There was only uniquely two par threes, two par fives, quintessential links golf course, nine out, nine in. The greens are this blend of primarily fescue, I believe, and POA bent combination just all kind of different things thrown into a concoction there on the greens uh, the cut line last three times they've had the Open championship is averaged two over par winners Zach Johnson 2015 Louie in 2010 Tiger back to back 05 and 2000 John Daly in 1995 um, it's just like awesome right I'm super excited for it known as the home of golf this this people were playing golf at what was then known as the St Andrews links in the early 1400s that's outrageous. Um, It's unrivaled, maybe with Augusta National in terms of like worldwide notoriety, hailed as the best course in the world from amateurs to to Tiger, right? Wide fairways tend to seemingly maybe favor a little bit of a left to right ball flight. 112 penal, deep, hazardous, notorious bunkers in play uh, this week that make this course very unique and tough. Water only comes into play barely on two of 18 holes if you can even say that Um, there are seven shared massive undulating green complexes that make this rather unique and before i bring david in uh here's what tiger woods said in his description of the old course and how you play it the old course requires placement You really have to place the ball correctly just because it's wide off the tee doesn't mean you can blow it all over the place. You have to hit the ball in the right spots. You're going to have some real long putts no matter how you hit it, and you just have to get down in two. So many times you can three putt. You can go around here and hit 18 greens and shoot a number, a high number, because you're so far away from the hole. When the wind blows, hitting a wedge to 30, 40, 50 feet happens a lot. The two years that I've played well here, I've lag putted beautifully, and I've also left the ball in the right spots. Um, now, going to bring on to the show a very special guest uh, from the Tour Junkies podcast. It's a pleasure uh, to bring on someone who has actually played the old course setup as recently as like a month ago. Uh, co-founder of the Tour Junkies, the one and only, all-around generous and great dude. I recently found out. Welcome to Preferred Lines, Mr.
1: DB David Barnett. What's up, dude? What's up, Joe? That was a very kind intro, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, it was great to meet you the other week. Had a great time on the course. Glad to chop it up on Preferred Lines. Uh, the man with like the prettiest background in all of uh, golf touting them is Joe. Is Joe right here? What do you mean, this background back yes. here? A Very pretty background. It's very nice. Thank it's you, dude. Pleasing. I worked hard on this. So I moved into
0: this house uh, about a year ago now and like priority number 1 was yeah. cuz before this I was in the garage, bro. And when you're in the garage in Florida, it gets oh, sweaty, God. there's mosquitoes, it was disgusting. So this was this was a big step up for me. I've worked here, my mother-in-law helped me kind of position some oh, things. So nice.
1: I feel like we're getting in good shape. It's very nice. Maybe that's what I need. I need a woman's touch back here. I just I, I do have a lovely shiplap wall behind me, but you don't really see it because of the light. And I got all my golf goodies back there. It's actually a lovely wall. I need to figure out a way to accent it a little better, a little bit more like you, buddy.
0: But I'm that's happy, to, I'm happy to up chop up it up
1: here. Well, excited to have you. Listen, I'd be remiss not to start with
0: the epic back and forth battle that took place about a week ago at Champions Street. Um, you were clutch and stuck a wedge maybe a nine iron on 18 and then got jinxed on a short little eight footer by your own son how you holding up since then
1: yeah so uh, it started in scotland as you mentioned i i just came back from scotland the golf trip to scotland played 153 holes in six days including the old course uh and one of the things that did not go well for me there was putting i did not put well at all i've come home Since I've come home, the ball striking has been solid. Like if everything feels easier after coming home from Scotland and like playing the game there, where it's so much more difficult and you have to think through so much, everything just feels easy here. And then, but 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 my putting is gone somewhere. TSA has it; they've lost my baggage (laughs) with with all my putting abilities in it, and it never made it to Scotland, and it's never made it home. So, I, I I got nothing. I don't know. It it was a it was a tough day. You beat me by one shot on my home course. I, it, all I know is it, it it demands a rematch. It demands a rematch at some point.
0: Absolutely. I cannot wait. Champions Retreat was, I was telling you before we went hot here, um, was special. Like I've had, I was able to play a couple of really nice golf courses and I think it stands alone as one of the top places and experiences that I've had. I've got you to thank for that. Let me talk a little bit. I want to dive into your, quickly your experience at the old course. Give me one thing when you left after playing, um, that may you thought about may alter the way
1: that you handicap this week after having the chance to play it. I mean, it's something that I think we think about, you know, at a lot of major championships. Definitely, uh, a course like the Old Course when it rolls around. But I guess you know the the thing that stood out to me, to Pat, to to Ben, our other partner at Tour Junkies, to others on the trip, very quickly that it just like really jolted us with is just like how good you have to be on and around the greens and that it requires so much creativity, so much touch, so much finesse, whether it's, you know, and and it can be from so many places, man, it can be whether you're 20 feet from the hole on the green, but you've got a nasty slope. Or you're, you know, you're on a double green where you've missed it eighty feet right, and you've got an eighty foot putt to navigate and two to get up, you know, get up and down and two. Or whether you're thirty yards off the green and you're trying to figure out, do I putt this? Do I chip this? What, what do I, what am I doing? What's the proper approach here? Or you're in the bunker, or you know, it's it's all those factors around those greens. There's so much undulation on those greens that you know I didn't account, I didn't ever know really was there, couldn't tell was there, watching it on TV every every you know five years or whatever. Um, but it's just such a, you gotta have your touch, man. Like, and that's where I really struggled. I'm nowhere near a pro, but I mean, even for my level, I mean, it was awful. Like I I just could not get these long distance putts, you know, and, and the wind impacts everything out there, including the putts. So it's like, Hmm. if you're putting against the wind and I know, you know, the weather right now, the wind doesn't look too serious for, for, um, for the old course, but but it could change. And even with like a little 15 mile an hour wind, if you're putting into the wind and you're putting a long putt, like dude, you play champions. Our greens yeah. run at like a 13. I don't have to like turn my shoulders to hit very many putts at championship. Right. I had to turn my shoulders. You know, if you're putting into the wind on this stuff, like at the old course, it's just a different level, man. You got to have some touch. You are not going to overpower the old course. I don't care if, the conditions are perfect, a balmy 72 with not a fart of wind. You're not going to overpower the old course. It's firm and fast, and then it's going to come down to like 50 yards and in. How do how do you handle your business? Because that's, to me, where all all the all – the, the, the it's nut-cutting time right there around that 50 yards and in spot.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask you, – let's talk about that. So I'm not sure – wish I knew exactly who it was. I think it was Nick Faldo once who they asked like – how do you hit a 50, 60 yard shot? And he said, you don't. Basically meaning you never end up at 50 and 60 yards if you're a professional player. Now, there's been a lot of talk about sort of carrying the bunkers here and taking them out of play. If you can sort of carry it 305, I know there's like seven, probably five, but potentially with the win, maybe seven potentially drivable par fours where these guys can just bomb it into that 50, 60 yard range. Like everyone's talking about it maybe these guys break this thing this week how do you see it like is it is it as thin and crispy on the fairways as it would appear on tv today when you
1: actually play the course when we played the course and we played the course a little less than a month ago we played it with bleachers you know yellow leaderboards everything okay. and i had a very experienced caddy on the bag that day we talked about it it was firm and fast you know when we played it and i said what's the plan like cause i think we played it and then the friday at like Three days later, they shut it down for play. And he said, When we shut this thing down on Friday, it is brown. It is brown out time. That's all they're going to oh, do. They're wow. going to brown this baby out. And I mean, if you watch the thing today, th- this is Monday, right? So yeah. I was watching that whole like uh, the, the champions thing where they mm-hmm. play a like, little four hole loop. I mean, the ball was hitting the ground and puff, like little puffs of dust and grass were coming up. It's <laughs> firm which I love. I, I love it. I have so much more of an appreciation for that now, having coming back from Scotland, but um, you know, to me, it's like, okay, maybe you can drive this green on a, on a couple days. You know, you have a couple good days with it. That's cool. I don't know that that necessarily makes it any easier to, yeah. to, you know, it doesn't make it any easier because you could be, you could be 70, 80 feet, you know, on a green, or, or on a weird slope or dealing with a weird angle that you didn't really, you know, account for. Um, you know, and like a lot of shots, you, you know, if you're a decent golfer, like, sometimes you'd rather have a 100-yard golf shot where you yeah. can spin the ball and you can control it or whatever. I guess it's all going to be wind-dependent. I don't know. I mean, I just I, I just refuse to believe that it's going to be that easy for these guys to overpower this thing when it's firm and fast, uh, even, with, even with very little wind. Did you or...
0: In in playing it, and you can like kind of encapsulate you and the guys you play with. Did you feel like he hit? A lot of long irons out there because usually like I think of major championship, the conditions get really hard. These players are hitting more four or five, six irons than they do at a normal PGA Tour stop. It feels to me and just looking at the scorecard, we're going to have a lot of wedges this week. Did you feel like you had a lot of those longer incoming approach shots or was it mostly around
1: that 100 to 150 range? I mean, we didn't play it from the tips, obviously, sure. Um, sure. and we played it on a pretty windy day. So I would say, I would say there were, there were some moments where it it felt like I was having to get a little longer in the bag, but for the most part, um, you know, and actually too, that was before I kind of found my driver in Scotland. So I was hitting a lot of two irons off the tee, which were still running out nicely, but I, I would, you know, I would have had shorter clubs if I could hit my driver in the fairway, um, So I don't know. I don't know if I would really be great to answer that just based on, you know, where we played from the wind we played in. I do think I do agree with you, though. Like, I think this is not we're not going to see like, you know, even the longest hitters hitting five and four irons in the greens, uh, you know, unless it's a par five. I don't I don't really see that happening. Um, Let me ask you this.
0: So I'm going to give you credit for a second because I thought that. You had an absolutely fascinating podcast that you released a few days ago with Rufus Peabody who broke my brain in terms of how we analyze some golf stats that we're all familiar with and using. If like plant that seed in everyone's head now who's checking this out, go download that podcast. It's awesome. But I thought about this because everyone's talking this week, myself included, about the importance of lag putting and tiger even said it in that quote. And, and we're looking at this sort of three putt avoidance stat. And it made me think of Rufus. Cause I'm like, is this like a totally flawed stat three putt avoidance that we shouldn't even be considering? Is there a good way to really measure if someone is a good lag putter? Like where else are you going to find data on slow, but slopey 95 foot putts?
1: It's a great question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know that we would find a lot of data on that. I guess, I guess maybe, and I don't know what Rufus would say to that. Uh, I guess I am like not even half as smart as that dude is. I guess I would say if if you are a bad three, if you if you have poor three putt avoidance numbers as a regular on the PGA Tour, you know where where your longest putt on a round might be what sixty feet. Yeah, you're very likely to suck as bad or worse. On courses like this with, yeah. you know, with a lot of undulation, more undulation than you see on a regular PJ Tour event, the possibility of a legitimate hundred foot putt or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or putting from, you know, or putting from off the off the green uh, and needing to, you know, Texas wedge it, as we call it, um, you know, onto the on the putting surface. But I, I mean, I don't know. I guess what if if he were to agree with that stat as a whole i would guess he would say to look at it from a long term standpoint so i would say you know zoom out and look at you know three putt avoidance from a minimum like 75 100 round look and let's just see like that that should probably yeah. point to who over time has had has great touch has good feel on the greens um and and can avoid those three putts that's that's the only way i know to answer that i don't know how he would answer it I agree there. Um, all right. Without further ado, I'm going to bring in the odds board here in just a second.
0: Um, this portion of this show brought to you by Fantasy Golf Pod. My buddy Chad is going to do an awesome show tomorrow where he previews like a little thing to say about every player. He does the Golf Guys podcast. Check them out. They are bringing this odds board to you from our good friends at Odds Checker DB. I'm going to open this kind of up to you. Um, Anything. Anything interesting here? Sub 20 to 1. You've got Rory. I'll kind of list them off. 10 to 1. 16 to 1 on Xander is the best number right now. Points bet, which is a good four points higher than DraftKings. Not bad. Spieth, Scheffler, 18. John Rahm, there's a 20 to 1 at over at uh, BetMGM right now. Matty Fitz is 20 to 1. Like, are you pulling the
1: trigger on any of these guys? You got any thoughts up here? I mean, you know, as a long shot lover yourself, which uh, and respected long shot lover as you are, uh, I appreciate that about you. It, it will uh, it is very difficult for me to pull the trigger on guys like this. But a lot of times to my detriment in a major championship, because that's where a lot of these winners come from. Uh, I think I'm most tempted by two names here, and it would be Matthew Fitzpatrick at 20 to one. I mean, hard to argue with what he's been doing. There's really no reason to avoid him, unless it's a value, uh, a value situation, bankroll situation, whatever. Uh, there's no other reason to fade the guy. Like, whereas I can come up with a reason to fade John Rahm even at twenty to one. Yep. Jordan Speeth is the second one. I was probably just four or five holes into the old course, and I looked at our group and I went, I mean, this makes me think Jordan Speeth and and one other guy that we'll we'll mention in a minute. And everybody's like, yeah. I mean, just because of everything we just talked about on and around these greens, like it just, it just reeks Jordan's game. Um, so to me, Jordan at 16 to one played well at the Scottish. Uh, love that. Or what, what is he, 18 to one? Is that the best number? Yeah. Yeah. Eighteen's over there at, uh, Bet MGM. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple books with it. Those two for me are, are it. I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to get there on Xander. I'm, I'm okay. Like, Rory's playing awesome. He's gonna be number one in the models you run. I'm not gonna get there a 10 to one, but will I be like I'll be cool if Rory wins. Like I'll kind of be happy for him. I feel like he's really earned it at this point. Yeah. Scotty, I'm thinking about Fitz, I really do like, and I think that the 20 is a fair number. With Jordan, it's like I'm with you in that I just think about him in this type. Of, like there's a certain randomness to links golf in terms of the bounces that you can get a couple of rolls, in yep. like his game is randomness. Like he's used to really not knowing where the ball is going to end up on a regular basis and figuring out how to still make birdie or par. Yeah. Um, so th- he's just got that aspect. I- am I worried that he's a little, neurotic in the sense that he may not be able to handle some bad breaks sort of, but he's always done that and he's always played really well at open championships. So I feel like that could continue here. Um, I would say of these guys for me, I haven't pulled the trigger on any of these yet, but Fitz is probably my favorite right now.
1: Listen, Jordan's going to whine. Jordan's going to bitch and moan. He just is. And he's done that. He's he's done that at at probably every open championship that he's played where he's, and he's been awesome in open championships. So he's going to do that. But I, he's one of those that I don't think that really affects his play. It just makes all of us at home go, God, shut up, Jordan. You know, like that's really Mm -hmm. the extent of it. Whereas there are other guys where I kind of tend to think when they start vocalizing it and verbalizing it, it means, okay, it's, it's off the rails. So yeah, John Rom, I think about that guy.
0: And that's really the
1: reason for him is like, all the stuff we talked about with short game like his short game has not been here all year it, it's no. it's also tsa has it along with my uh touch on the putting surfaces like it's it's been absent all year so that's I, I I'm not even tempted by 20 to 1 honestly at john Rahm. maybe I'm a fool but I'm not I mean I think he should have been at 20 to 1 for most of this year yeah
0: and I didn't I didn't envision us getting there but yeah it's proven that you're right I mean his only win obviously coming in Mexico so we're moving down a little bit 22 is a fair number on JT it seems yeah. like like he's playing awesome but everything's kind of cooled to him a, a little bit I haven't heard a lot of people like run and say they're betting Justin Thomas other than some like each way numbers Shane like Shane Lowry's the same number like uh, to me I get Shane Lowry's playing great Justin Thomas is playing better and is better than Shane Lowry at 22 to 1 um, You've got Cam Smith there at 28. That's a great number. Patrick Cantlay, Colin Morikawa, Will Zalatoris. Those are your guys in that sort of 20 or 30
1: range. Uh, you pull the trigger on any of these so far? Um, JT has my eye for sure. I mean, I think being the old course, being the Open Championship, we might get a little more focus if we feel like he kind of lost it a little bit after he, after he won. Uh, the the most recent major, but um, I I like that for JT. I think 22 is a good value. I agree with you on Shane Lowry. I I would love to bet Shane Lowry, I think Shane Lowry is going to play well here. But I I was looking at the same thing, I was like, man, this just seems weird that Shane and JT are this close. Like, I can't justify not betting, you know, Justin Thomas and betting Shane Lowry over him. But for me, the second name that I mentioned four holes into the old course was Jordan Speeth and Cam Smith. It's just Cam Smith to me, it just. the the old course just sets up so well for that guy. Like you can be a little off, off the tee as long as he avoids bunkers, you can be a little off, off the tee. you know, the rough isn't bad off the, off the fairway. It's really not that bad. Now the fescue is bad. If you, if you go wide off the rough, you are, you can be in a lot of trouble and that those fescue lies, I was in a lot of them all day. They're very spotty. You know, you can get in one and you get plenty of club on it and you're fine. And you get in another one, and it grabs a hosel, and you're you're you don't know where it's going to go. So, I think that that helps Cam Smith pretty good. The iron play's been okay, and uh, and obviously his short game is just too good. I can't pass up on on Cam Smith. That's probably it for me in this range. It's probably going to be JT or Cam Smith or both.
0: I love that you said that, and I'll show you why here in a second. So I'm I'm same page. I'm either going to go Fitz or JT. But I've already bet and I do this thing DB where I put out my best bet of the week. I make this little graphic. This is before we even talked. This was early this morning. Uh Oh Best bet of the week.
1: Dang, uh, Daddy, yeah. you made that graphic. What's your graphic designer on the side? Look at yeah, you. Yeah, buddy, I got skills, homie. Damn, I'm about to hire your ass. You need to come work for TJ with that. Damn, that good. I'm beautiful. available.
0: Look, uh, I threw some things together. First and strokes gain approach over the last 36. Short game, obviously, we know is fantastic. Three putt avoidance, which I mentioned later, I thought about, could be a flawed stat. He's still really good at it. He's still really good at putting. And then sort of, I I just encompass like the big five I'm calling it in terms of events, players, masters, PGA us open Memorial plus 42.1 strokes gain total. That's outrageous. The century is another like big name event you can put in there with open fairways. I've heard people make some comps to the old course as well, where he's really good. Um, I love that he can kind of not get thrown off by the randomness. He's a cool dude. Like, I, I don't imagine that a bad break is going to really fluster a guy like Cam Smith. I think that he went through um, his sort of rough patch, and I'm hoping that that is passed now basically at the U.S. Open. So he's plus 42 strokes gained total, and he missed the cut at the U.S. Open in there. So yeah, um, he had that sort of final round at the Memorial where we thought he was going to win. He was in position to win the PGA. He was in position to win the Masters. Um, the dude's just showing up. And when I think you have a little bit of forgiveness off the tee and, and it's going to rely a lot on short game and touch and imagination and the ability to hold some putts when it really matters. Um, I love Cam Smith this week.
1: I've been eyeballing him, like I said, since we got there. And I was happy to see him, you know, had a great Sunday at the Scottish yesterday to, to lock in a top 10 there at the Scottish open. I think that's something, that's something I'm looking at a good bit this week. Uh, hit the ball well off the tee at the Scottish, obviously still putting very well. I mean, in a putting, if this thing comes down to these guys hitting a lot more green and regulations, than than maybe we all would hope with, with more volatile wind conditions. And then it turns into more like who can do it with the flat stick. I mean, I don't trust anybody right now, probably more than camp Smith.
0: Let's talk about the new, the new age Brooks Koepka, big game hunter. It's wills. Zalatoris. We didn't really talk about him. Um, I, it feels kind of quiet on him. So I thought about it, and then I saw something that, that our buddy Andy Lack put out, which was basically the splits between how well he's putted in the three majors this year, which he's gained a, a shitload of strokes putting versus his baseline PGA Tour event numbers, and it's an astonishing difference how much better he's putted in majors. I feel like that's something that is bound to sort of come back to normal a little bit. How long can he really keep this up? Um, he, he, he withdrew last year with an injury. We haven't seen a ton of him. I'm just probably not going to get there. And it feels like that could be one that I'm really regretting that they're still hanging a 30 out there. And he's just shown us time and time again, that if it's a major, you should just plug your nose and take that 30 and
1: and sweat it out on Sunday evening. And this also may be the, the better is setting up to be the better scoring major of all four, you know, with winning scores in the probably, possibly mid teens. Okay. Um, which, which means that more guys are making more putts and you got to make more putts. You got to make more birdies and, and, and two putts are not necessarily going to get it done. I mean, two putts are going to be nice from 80, hundred feet when you get it, but it's not going to close the door on a, on a major at 15 under. Uh, the other thing is obviously, uh, the whole course greens are unlike any of those three, venues that, that you would refer to they're they're gonna be slower um wind will be a factor on almost every putt i don't care if it's 12 mile if it's blowing 12 it's still a factor uh there's there's bumps in there there's undulation only like what you see at augusta but again they're just totally different surfaces that you know you you talk about at the top these are these have a the little poa in them there's fescue in them they're not pure augusta national bent grass Oh my God! Like, look in your yardage book, and wherever the red dot is, is where it's breaking. Hit your line, you know, (laughs) barely move the barely move the putter. Get the ball started; it goes in the hole. Like, this is very different. So, I'm I'm not I'm I'm reserved I'm reserved on on Willie Z too just just for that. Now, if this thing were gonna be you know really difficult and the wind was gonna be nasty and this is gonna be a grind fest and you know par is your friend, I'm, I'm a little more interested. But I'm not if if it's gonna stick to this. Possibly twelve under, fifteen under, winning this thing.
0: Yeah, and for me too. I think we kind of touched on a little bit earlier. Like, you put a course out there that's going to be difficult, where you're going to hit a lot of four, five, six irons. Will Z is awesome. Like, he's your guy. If it's going to like focus a lot on short game and putting, and and you're going to have a lot of those hundred yard touch, imaginative shots. Um, it's not that he's not good at those. It's just he doesn't excel at a level above the rest of the field like he does with a five iron in his hand. Um, right. Kind of maneuvering down the board. Fleetwood's 35 to one. DJ, there's a 40 on. Uh, Terrell Hatton, there's a 40 on. Brooks Koepka, we mentioned him earlier, is now floated to 51 and 50 to one in major championship season. Hideki's 50 to one. Joaquin Neiman's 50 to one. Louis, 50 to one. We're starting to get to the live boys. Sammy Burns is 50-1. to Tony Finau, 50-1. to
1: Um, I'm just rattling off names there, DB. Anyone that you you, you like in there or anyone that you you just don't like? It's really hard. I mean, I don't love the number. It doesn't feel like I'm getting the best value on Tommy Fleetwood, but it is very tempting for Tommy Ladd to get this first breakthrough, you know, big victory, big major championship, you know, here in Scotland, a Lynx course, a Lynx test that he's had a lot of success on especially through the Alfred Dunhill Lynx, where if you make the cut there, you're playing two rounds at the old course. I mean, Tommy's form at the Alfred Dunhill Lynx is pretty undeniable. I believe last year he was seventh. In 2019, he was fifth. And in 2018, he was runner-up at the Alfred Dunhill Lynx. He's playing great right now. Like It doesn't feel like the best number in the world, but it's tempting. Um, I do love the number on Joaquin Neiman. I'm very much hmm. in on Joaquin Neiman at 50 to one. Just you know, from a uh, ball flight, right? That sexy stinger that he hits so well. Yeah. the The iron play has been solid on that kid all year. Uh, I think he's a I think he's a big game hunter. I think he can close the door on a major, and I think he's he, he's itching to close the door on a major. And he's got a short game that goes a lot of times overlooked because his ball striking is so good. But he's a great. He's a great scrambler around these greens. So I like Neiman at 50. That's probably the, the the auto bet for me. And and Fleetwood is tempting. Yeah. Okay.
0: So for me, it it's, I bet DJ at 40 to one. Did I pulled you? that trigger early. I don't feel real good
1: about it, dude. It's just like kind oh, no, of one of the, you know, 40 to one. I, mean, I get it. I, get I it. know. It's a little, it's like, it, I don't know. It, hit, I'm, not, I'm a little Kef, uneasy Kef, about 50? it. Did you hit Kevka at 50?
0: No, I'm out. I'm out on Kepka, and Kepka was my boy for so long. Afraid, but, like he's your dog. Yeah, but I'm I'm just out at the moment. I I put out the tweet I think two days ago. Like, what would Kepka need to be for you to bet him? And the majority of the answers, I feel like, were correct. I, I would need like 66, 71, and I'm not going to get that unless we get an odds boost. He's just playing like crap, and I feel like DJ is playing much better and has a decent history at the old course here. Um, I'm going to ride that. Fleetwood to me is like, God, I want to bet him. So I had Fleetwood last week at 45 to one. Now I'm going to stomach Ugh. a 35. Yeah. And I'm looking at the names below him. When I see DJ, I see Hideki, I see Neiman, I see Usti. I see I know, the
1: numbers tough. The numbers tough. I get That's it. what's
0: tough. But Hideki is like screaming and I don't know. I'm just not one of those people that really get Hideki right. He's been on a a, a great run in general. Like if you look at the long-term form, fantastic short game, um, creative around the greens, good enough putter, and just an elite ball striker. Like it just feels like if I were to pick a number that feels the most off in this range, I feel like Hideki and Fleetwood should kind of be like flip-flopped if I were making
1: the odds. Yep. That makes sense. Um, I'm not real tempted by Hideki at the moment. I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's... You think he's going to live? Uh, Who knows, man? God, there's so much rumor going on, and you don't know who to believe. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just... I don't know. Is his Lynx record all that great? Like, what is his open... What's his... I need to go refresh my memory on this. His open championship record. I can pull it up here. He is...
0: The open so he did not play in 2021 is that correct
1: yeah he didn't
0: um miss cut miss cut before that 14th miss cut 18th 18th was 2015 so that was st andrews right yeah that was of course yeah and then um six, six, and, thir- and that's it six. i can't believe he hasn't played in more open championships
1: well they didn't have it in 2020 and then 2021 wasn't he injured am i getting that right yes he was Um, I don't know. I just don't like, you don't see him. I I, I couldn't find him participating in any Alfred Dunhill links. Like, I just don't know how drawn he is to, to links golf.
0: Yeah. And you would feel like it would fit him. The other guy I thought the same thing about was, was Justin Thomas, who we mentioned earlier. Like, it seems like he would be such a natural fit with links golf. Um, and he doesn't have the best open championship sort of resume either 11th in 2019, but, um, beyond that, just didn't really, you know, some missed cuts and like a fifty-third in there. So a couple of guys you would think would be set up better, but
1: maybe it's just in their head. You know, our boy Pat Mayo does the whole big brain, the the galaxy brain thing in his newsletter. Yeah. If I go like real big galaxy brain and really try to overthink this, is it because Hideki might be like the most intense perfectionist? Because you know, we see him, we see him when he hits a shot, he's letting go of the club, he's looking yeah. on shots to 15 feet, right? And and if you're like OCD perfectionist, which I played with one of those uh when I played the old course, his name is Pat Perry. If you're <laughs> a OCD MFer and like can't handle things not being in order, like Pat doesn't like odd numbers, okay? I can't do something in an odd number and him be okay with that. Maybe Maybe a deckie is just super perfectionist OCD and can't handle bad bounces, tough breaks, you know, weird lies. You know, he hits one in the bunker. He rolls up to it and it's stuck on the side hill and he's boned like, and he starts, you know, get pissy. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I just don't see him as a links guy. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Um,
0: As we move down. So here's a couple of weird ones. In the in the beyond fifty range, so I have I have two futures right now for the Open Championship that I placed in December. They're one is Sam Burns one hundred twenty five to one, Ooh. and the other is Victor Hovland uh. at twenty eight to one. Oh. So one was like a great bet, and one was a terrible bet, and they're both like fifty to fifty five to one. Dude, the Sammy B
1: um, ticket though is probably worth. I would rather. I would rather have that you have right now. That is uh, that is juicy. I will buy that from you. I will I will gladly buy that from you. Say you could have them both at fifty five to one. You'd much rather have Burns. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think for sure right now. What's up with Vic? The the short game's not improved. He 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 tried to work on it. He's been trying to work on it, but the numbers the numbers tell you his short game's actually worse. Um. Mm -hmm. So I I don't. That's a problem. That's just a problem with Vic. And you know this is not a golf course that you're going to get away with, you know, not having a short game. Sam Burns, I love that number. I mean, Burns is tempting for me. I'm always tempted by him. I'm very much in love with Sam Burns in terms of just uh, especially in the outright market cuz yes, I feel yes. like this guy's a killer and he just he he slams the door when he gets the opportunity. He's a f- intense competitor. Uh he does everything well. Obviously, he's a tremendous ball striker, but short game is still good enough. I I mean I love him in an outright market. So I'm I'm down with that. 120 to 1.
0: 125, yeah.
1: 25.
0: So, the deal that I like the, like, the part I love about Burns is he's so, which is what makes him a great outright bet, is he's so volatile in some instances that you start to get a good number on him. Like, if he would consistently, yeah. like, top aiding everything, yeah, he'd be 30 to 1. But he's so up and down. You can get these good numbers on him, and like you said, he, he'll he'll close the door. I do like like I had a good ticket on him at uh, the U.S. Open, and he was in that thing. Like it was his probably his best major performance. Although he played like crap on Sunday, uh, but it, good to get a little bit of that experience. In here's another one that I like right now, and, there, and there's a forty to one on DraftKings, but you can still get a sixty to one on him.
1: How about Max Homa? A little <laughs> Homa golf. What do you think? How about it? I gotta be honest. I wasn't real like Pat talked about Max last week for the Scottish show, and I was like, yeah, let's wait and see. Yeah, you know, I don't know. But I mean, the dude showed out at at uh, at the Genesis Scottish Open, Dang. gained strokes uh, off the tee to a, a nice number around the green. Putting was solid. Actually, his worst performance was around was his approach play. He was like seventieth in the field at the Scottish in approach play. But I, I don't. I mean, I still think that's fine. Like Max will Max will hit the ball well. I'm very interested in Max Homa, and I think the guy's just confident. I love seeing on Twitter that he's, like, falling in love with Scotland. You know, he went and played North Berwick right after he played around. That was your spot, right? That's my spot, the wet North Barrick West links. That that, that was a spiritual spot for me. Like, I just don't – anybody that goes and plays that, and it looks like he played it late in the day, which we did too, at sunset right there, like, it just gets in your – like it just gets you and and i got, literally just got goosebumps like thinking talking about that i just it it's clear he's really embracing that whole thing which is a great mental space for a guy to be in because the physical game is there so i'm i'm very interested in max homa but i i was not thinking i was going to get here if you'd asked me a week ago home of golf print the shirts when he wins let's do it um
0: okay let's talk about him 65 to 1 on DraftKings, 90 to 1. Actually my boy my boy Jeff who runs the circuit book out there in Vegas um has got 145 to 1 on this guy. Is that Jeff Sherman? Uh no, it's oh. Jeff um it's not Jeff Sherman. I forget his last name. I think it's Brandon maybe. Um but anyways, 90 to 1 Tiger Woods. Yeah. We we haven't seen him since the withdrawal at the PGA He's playing a lot of golf over there for a guy that couldn't get around very much and playing the U.S. Open. Um, what's give me put an over under on what you expect
1: his like finishing position to be? Um, I, I, I've come around on him more as the week's gone on, as you know, watching him play the JP McManus the first day or so, you're like, Oh, is he okay? This doesn't look great. But then, like to see him continue to play it, and then to see him to you know go to Bally Bunyan and g- go to all these other places and keep playing, and then walking around the old course, it's like okay, like I think I think the way that we see him walk is how he's going to walk. Like it's not going to get any better; it's going to stay that way, right? And and that's just how, that's just what it is. But obviously, he's been preparing for this. Uh, this is the one he's had circled, and I do think of all four majors, this is the one he's had the best chance to win, especially baked wow. out, firm and fast like this. He doesn't have to overpower this. He doesn't have to swing out of his shoes on anything. He doesn't have to, you know, rip one uh, at, at a ridiculous pace. He can use the experience that he has around the old course, which is key um, to his advantage, a lot like Augusta, having those, those reps and those laps around that golf course are, are key. That being said, I still find it hard to believe that a, a guy who's not playing that much golf competitively is going to come and win this golf tournament. Uh, you know, I, I think I saw one of the market making books overseas releases odds at around one thirty to one. And so any number shorter than that is probably they're just, it's the books knowing you want to fire on tiger. And so they're getting you in there and it's not really great value. Um, I I think he's got legitimate top 25 upside, maybe top 20. So go there. Um, But I I just don't see him closing the door here and winning. That's what I was going to say. If I put the number on it, I
0: would put it at like 24 and a half finishing position. And I think he can do that. Like, I want to believe. Look, I got I got some buddies who play over um down here. They they're members over at Bear's Club and Medalist. and they've been like telling me since January like this dude is out here seven like he's grinding. He's in a full sweat in gym shorts and like they they put little notes in the members locker like don't take pictures of him. So I was on to this like early at the Masters, and I think I talked to Chad like in February, and I'm like, he's going to play all the majors and I think one or two more events. He hasn't done that, but that's not to say he hasn't been like like he's so injured that he hasn't been practicing and he hasn't been gearing up for this for 60 days. The problem um that you, that you get into when you bet Tiger Woods is you're like laying the juice knowing that all amateur bettors who come to the counter after you know eight beers in vegas are going to want to take tiger woods at 60 to one and then you've got to pay that price difference there because of the amount of ticket hold they're going to have on them
1: yep yep and i mean for that reason i'm out like i i've never now i said all the same things i just said in 2019 leading up to the masters (laughs) that he won so right um he is a guy that you just can't count out man like the guy's such a fierce competitor. Um, and it's, it would also be very much like him to grind, to be feeling a lot better than he's letting on and then to come out and smoke these fools, you know, And
0: he's like adrenaline does something to tiger woods that it, it does to very few athletes like ever, like a lot of people feel the adrenaline and pressure and the majority of people will crumble. Like it elevates him. So that, so that limp that you see going on, like if he's
1: in it, like, like in.
0: Oh my God, he's going to be like yeah. walking on people's throats. Like he wasn't Molinari. If he can like find himself somewhere in like the top 15 on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, it'll be fun to see. I'm rooting for it. I think the game of golf just needs an amazing, great, heartwarming story like that like it did in twenty nineteen. But let's get to let's get to the range we love, dude. I don't I know I've kept you a lot longer than you probably wanted to be here, but long shot bomb range. Um I'll just I'm gonna kind of just flip through this, but a hundred to one, you got any feel or, or any any tickets you're gonna fire along here?
1: Yeah, I mean I would jump on that. I don't I can't see where the book is at one twenty five to one on P Reed, but yep, I'm uh, on that. My live guy is P Reed this week. Um, you know, because Going back to what I said about Jordan Spieth and Cam Smith, if you zoom out and look at a long term, what what other type of player do we know does those things really well and has done them in major championships at a high level? It's Patrick Reed, and um, you know, yeah. one twenty five to one is just too juicy for me. So I'm very interested in that number. I'm gonna a- ask you about a guy who who
0: I bet I bet today, and I and I don't know whether I like it or I don't like it, but I got a one thirty to one. Like, I run a model and I sometimes I try, I struggle with this DB because I go through these spells where I just like want to trust my gut and my eyes, and yep. then like the model will hit, right? And yep. I'll be like, Fuck, why didn't I just follow like the c- fucking computer? And then I'll do the opposite. My computer screen right now on my other screen right now is telling me that Cameron Young is going to play really effing well. Um, number one in off the tee, number one in, in like, or, or top five in strokes gain total. The driving distance is there. Uh, like, can he just show up? Even around the green, he's top five. Um, he does everything really well. Played the, played bad last week in Scotland. Like, can I really expect him to
1: like just show up to an opening compete? Or am I crazy? Um, I don't. I, I don't think you're crazy. I don't think. Um, I mean, the kid is really talented. I, I don't think that the off the tee weapon that he is is going to give him as much of an advantage here as it does a lot of other places. It it is going to neutralize him somewhat. Now, unless I'm just so dead wrong about all these guys driving these par fours and all of them capitalizing on these, on these, you know, par fours that everybody's thinking they're going to all be able to hit, uh, unless that's the case. But I do think the firm and fast conditions are gonna, you know, put, put, put a little, it's going to bridle him a little bit, you know, and then it's going to come down to approach play short game. He's got good short game. Obviously his strokes he game is. around green. If you look at his numbers, they're they're very, very good. Putting yeah. is kind of hit or miss, whatever. Uh, the irons have been a little hot or cold. I think he's a talented young player. I, I don't think I would bet him to win. I, I just, okay. to win his first tournament at it, at the old course at the open to me is different than winning the PGA championship. Yeah. Southern Hills is it, very different scenarios. Now, Obviously, it's great that he. I always love betting a young guy who goes through the fire a little bit. He went through the fire, like he felt it late on Sunday at a major, which is definitely going to help him here if he gets in contention. Uh, but I just, I, I don't know that the old course is uh, is is where I would fire on that for him. I
0: hear you. Anyone else, one fifty range that you like in here? There's there's some like
1: like Will it has a great like Dunhill history. Jordan yeah. Smith's been playing pretty I well. Like Jordan I, Smith. Jordan Smith's a guy I like. Okay. Um uh, had a really good season uh on the DP World Tour. Played well at the Scottish. I mean, honestly, could have won the Scottish. I had a ticket on him last week. Could have won the Scottish, had a horrible Sunday. Keith Mitchell's another one at 150 to one that I like. I, I really had a great Sunday at the Scottish. I think he shot three or four under at the Scottish Open. His uh he's got a lot of experience around St. Andrews. Um, do you know this about him? No. You know, So his dad is a member of the RNA and his sister went to St. Andrews University and he came here frequently as a, as a kid, as a young person got playing golf. He's got a lot of experience on the golf course. Um, the, the putter has been pretty hot for him. He's deadly off the tee. Uh, it's all about the irons for Keith, but I I really like, I like, I like that number for him. That's very interesting. That's a good little tidbit. Paul Casey back in the field this week. Kirk Hidiyama. Dude, that's interesting, right? Like 200? 200? Like me and you with the long shot stuff, like that's tempting. When a guy almost wins the Scottish Open the week before, it's like, well, 200 to one, you're going to give me that? Like, uh, he's a bomber, man. He's This is going to neutralize him a little bit too, but um, it is it is tempting at 200. Your boy, Siwoo, anything there? 200? No, I wish, man. I wish he's not there. Where's I don't the really Kiz? have.
0: Where's Kiz? 250 on Kiz?
1: So, Kiz, I. I'm wrestling with kids too. his coach is there. I know that I know John Tillery's present, which is good. Um, obviously he's got all the short game. He needs all the creativity on and around those greens that he could, he could ever ask for. I don't know. I I think, I think, I, I think I'm probably out, but it is tempting. I've thought about it. I don't really have a lot of these guys. Like it's, this is a tough one to tough get too deep. Major, yeah. I mean, How Tong Lee at 150 was was interesting, the way he's been playing. Uh, I honestly think Harold Varner's kind of sneaky. Maybe it's more of a DraftKings play. He's 150 to one. He withdrew from the Scottish, and nobody really knows why. But then he turned around, and he played a couple of courses in Scotland, like, casually. He was having a good time, getting, getting used to things. Uh, we know Harold has won on the worldwide stage before. I mean, can I interest you in any Zach Johnson at 300 to one? The guy has four top 20s in his last five open championship appearances, including a win. Wow. He's 300 to one. That's amazing. He wasn't,
0: he played okay at the John Deere, right? Like maybe like 40th or something. Yeah. Yeah, It wasn't great. Made a Uh cut. Yeah.
1: It's, it's more of a top 20 bet. Like I think I saw him, he's 11 to one as a top 20 somewhere, but you know, he missed the cut at his last open championship, which I think was 2019. He didn't get in last year's. So he missed it in 2019. Um, and but before that uh three top 20s and a win here interesting how's chris kirk playing 280 i'm always interested in
0: these ones where you see on odds checker like the split so he's 180 on draftkings 280 on fanduel
1: yep i i liked kirk a lot last week at the scottish he really screwed me on the weekend i think he was played he played pretty well the first two days uh, he kind of lost it a little bit on the weekend, but the the short game was solid. He gained strokes off the tee despite being short. I kind of like Kurt. Uh, I I really do. I could get down with that. I just don't think I'm going to f- end up firing on a lot of these guys because know. you know it's it's just not likely that the the winner is going to come out of this number. Yeah, but,
0: I feel kind of. I mean, the Cam Young thing—that's the one I feel kind of stupid about. But I I do like P. Reed at one twenty-five. He um and I'm not sure if it's a, an equipment change, if he, if he totally has gone away from the driver or not if it's
1: a BXG driver anymore.
0: Okay. So it's, I think it's that, but his yeah. um like, would you look like they released a the little stats from the live tour thing? He's like, he was averaging like three Oh five off the tee. Like he's hitting it further. He was seventh in that. driving accuracy. He's starting to put together good finishes. The irons are slowly coming back and like, I like guys at hundred to one that, that you feel like like you just want a chance on Sunday, right? With these guys. So that's all we want yeah, is, yeah. is a late Sunday tea time. Yeah. And like he's one of the few like you can trust. You're like, I don't know how he's gonna do it,
1: but he's gonna like manufacture a way to like score. I mean, honestly, right, just because we're looking at the screen, and I am not a defender of this guy at all. In fact, I fade this guy all the time. I don't remember the last time I played him. But Abraham answer at one thirty to one. I think if he if he hadn't gone to live, he would probably be like eighty to one in this field because everybody loves Abe answer. Everybody loves to play Abe answer. But this course suits him way better than a lot of courses that I hear people bang the drum on Abe answer. This being firm, fast, not that long, decent short game will carry you here a little bit. Like he's a little tempting, but I would never do that either. I'm not yeah, gonna- it's interesting. We might be getting a little bump on the, the live guys here. Um, I was just curious. I'm scrolling through. Is Brandon Grace in this field? Yeah, I think he is. That That is an interesting number uh, to look I'm at. Gonna, let's see if I can find him too.
0: Where's Gracie? Sahith, Sahith I know, got in late. Luke List, there's a champions boy. I saw his bag in the pro shop. He's
1: 250. Yeah. You know, Luke... Uh, I don't know. Luke, Luke could do it, man. He likes, uh, he likes hard golf courses.
0: I don't see Gracie anyways, buddy. Listen, you are an awesome dude for joining me. I know that you had other plans tonight. You were able to sort of squeeze me in. You've had all the TJ stuff going on this week. Um, your two shows are out now for anyone who is, blindfolded on Twitter. Uh, tell the people where they can find you and, and catch up with some
1: more of your stuff. I'm also recovering from my Edward 40 hands bet that I lost. I know. I, I noticed you didn't that. have
0: any podcast juice tonight. Uh, no,
1: I have podcast juice. I'm, oh, I'm actually, do do? yeah, I got to, I got a nice little uh, blood orange, neat uh, margarita that I made tequila. It, babe. But uh, yeah, I'm bouncing back. I did have, I sucked down a 40 ounce Miller High Life during our, our betting show. And then I had to take a nap when that was over and let the stomach settle. Um, Yeah. Twitter, Instagram at tour underscore Junkies, YouTube, tour Junkies, Apple, Spotify, all the podcasts, tour Junkies. Appreciate you having me on, dude. Um, you're a good guy. Enjoyed playing with you last week, although I do want a piece of you again. And um, thanks for having me on. DB and Pat Perry, two legendary guys, took great care of me as, as
0: our generous Georgia hosts, you would expect. A little Southern hospitality. Thank you so much for joining me here on Preferred Lines. I'll talk to you later, DB. Thanks, buddy. See ya. See you, pal. All right. Good stuff from him. I really appreciate him coming on the show. Um, good guy. Thankfully, he was able to make some time for me. And give us a little insight, like, as a person who played the old course a month ago, um, that's the kind of stuff we're looking for, right? That's the kind of content we need. I'm going to talk real quickly about price picks. You can use the code PL100 to get yourself a $100 deposit match over at Price Picks. This stuff is really fun for major season because what I enjoy about it is they have the numbers up early in the day and you can kind of get a feel for how the course is playing um, and then essentially make adjustments. So the lines will stay. Well, I don't want to say stagnant, but they can't just move it a ton. So if it's playing easy, like, for instance, Saturday, of the U.S. Open, we know the U.S. Open plays hard on Saturdays. Um, That was the case once again, of course, and the scoring numbers basically all went over the strokes. Now, Sundays, it usually plays a little bit easier, which we know those scoring numbers generally went under. So you can do your props. You can mix and match. It's a really clean, slick sort of looking app. um, And, and, you know, I appreciate it. Um, I'm going to bring up now. So I talked that I was going to kind of go through this, right? I'm going to bring it up in just one second. So. I've had a ton of people reach out to me and just like asking. I don't want to say advice, but they're asking for a little bit of insight into how I build a betting card. So I don't really talk numbers with people ever, but I'm going for the first time ever um, to show what one of my betting cards kind of looks like. Okay, hold on, because I have to share a different screen here share screen, Chrome tab. Give me just a second here. Okay. So I'm going to bring this up from the travelers because I wanted to bring up one that I lost, right? So here's kind of what one generally looks like for me. Okay. So how I structure a card and you guys can choose to do whatever you want with this, right? You can take it to heart. You can, you can sort of do whatever that you want to do, but I wanted to share kind of how I go through it. These are my bets for The Traveler. Sam Burns, Aaron Wise, Mito, Denny, Keith, Kevin Kisner, Matt Smith. So what I do is I have a target number in mind that I essentially want to hit for the week, and that stays relatively consistent every week. A little over three grand. I hit a winner, that's what I want to get paid out that's different for everybody. You can do that proportionally. You can want to hit 30 grand. You can want to hit 300. You can want to hit $30. Um, I'm just kind of using these numbers to give you an idea. So I bet for the most part, and it's slightly staggered from top to bottom to win roughly that amount. So Sam Burns was my biggest bet for the week. I try not to lay out more than uh, more than 500 bucks. In this case, it was 470. So that means Sam Burns at 18 to one, $190 bet that week would have paid 3420 had it won. Now I lost everything that week and that's going to happen a lot of weeks in golf. But what you have to figure out is how many winners do you need on the season to be able to turn a profit with a consistent strategy? So if you look on the right hand side here, um, I've bet 36 events so far this season at the odds of basically laying out four seventy, trying to win thirty one thirty two. Now this is a little bit different depending on who wins, right? Because you're going to get your stake back um, if you win. So if Sam Burns, it's a little bit a little bit better than if Matt Smith would have won. Now, uh, roughly six point eight to one. So let's say seven to one. So out of every seven events, I've got to hit a winner essentially to break even. Um, out of 36 events right now, I would have needed 5.2 winners on the season in 2022. I'm at seven. It's not been like a banner year, but it's been a profitable year on the year for the 43 events. So there are seven tour events left. So uh, the remaining PJ tour events plus the FedEx Cup schedule uh, basically need just over six winners on the season to be profitable. I'm already at seven. I'm kind of in the green or in the black or whatever you want to say for the year. That's a good feeling. If I can get one to two more. So my goal, my goal is to essentially pay for, um, my golf club membership with, with this every year. Um, so if I can hit three of these winners a year, that's going to cover my golf for the year. I get to golf for free if I'm up three. So, uh, I need two more winners before the end of the season. Hoping that we can get that this week. I I didn't want to like, I don't want I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way. I've just had a lot of people ask this question on how you structure it. And they're like, How are you trying to bet to win like six, seven to one? That's how I do it. I hope that that is uh, somewhat, somewhat helpful for anyone out there who has asked. I don't mean for it to be overwhelming or obnoxious for anyone else. Hope you guys get that. Okay. Let's do the final thoughts segment. Uh, bringing this back this week, I got some things written down. I took some time away to sort of recharge, to relax, to unplug, to enjoy vacation with family this past week. I was able to golf with the tour junkies guys. I was out of town for about 10 days. It was like the longest vacation that I've taken, um, really in, in, in quite a long time. So that was very enjoyable. Uh, let me just type out the, the little banner here. So we get it up for the youtube viewers okay here's what i want to talk about um and and if you're new to the show or this is your first time checking it out and you just are here for the golf talk feel free to log out and the podcast now but this is where i talk a little bit about things that are going on in my life and some some mental health things that is is therapeutic for me and and it's i think been helpful to some people out there so i'm going to continue with it um re-establishing and strengthening valuable connections. That's the theme for tonight. Um, like I mentioned, that trip I took was extremely good for me. I needed to reestablish those connections that had been weakened as more and more wire started to creep into to the fold. Um, your brain, and more specifically, like your mind, is wired to connect you, um, to what is going on around your life right your emotions, your relationships, your actions, your thoughts um, it's the engine that powers real life like without your like people say um that your heart does this right and is the engine for the body but it's your mind like without your mind you're unable to interpret anything that's happening around you and it renders, life itself rather meaningless. And I found it's important for me um, to reduce the number of connections incoming to your brain sometimes to strengthen the ones that you really value in your life. Um, I like to think of sort of your mind and your brain as like the router, right? The Wi-Fi and, and connection router that helps you deal with everything you go through in life. The more and more input and connections that you have in there, the more clouded um, and and the weakening that takes place of each and every signal that is connected there. Um, more so, you the the ones that you rely on most, that you pull inner value from, are weakened by the abundance of other things that are confusing and tapping in to that router and that connection that is your mind. If you aren't careful, it's easily become Easy to become overwhelmed by the amount of inputs sort of connecting to your mind, Uh, most of which don't actually matter, and that's the important part. Um, Many of which are negative to you and provide no value whatsoever to your each and every day life. I found that the amount of effort it takes to play defense, right, to sort of try and block these additional lines that are affecting you negatively um, are, are taking away energy from the ones that are actually positive to you. What is more impactful is focusing and revitalizing and strengthening those direct lines that do matter. And once those negative inputs realize that they're not having the desired effect on you, they tend to just go away. Look, when we were out there, we barely had internet. Um, We were in the mountains of North Carolina. We often drove 10 to 15 minutes without service. Uh, So Google Maps was rendered useless and um, it's crazy how much we rely on that, but we just drove. I built fires and did s'mores with my kids every night. We played in creeks. We went fishing. We hiked to the top of mountains. I took time to sort of reconnect with my wife. I had it like a deeply, and I'll maybe get into this on another episode, a spiritual experience one day in the mountains that was really special. I spent maybe 20 minutes a day on my phone and on Twitter. Um, and I realize now that much of my leading into that trip, uh, my malcontent, my shortness, my irritability, um, were not rooted in the actions and negativity of others that I thought were creeping in and connections that we're trying. Um, I had some back and forth discussions on Twitter, whether it was about live or something else. um, And people chimed in that I thought were friends and sort of combated with them, which was fair. But look, I took a lot of that personally and I shouldn't have, and that's not fair to them. Um, And I took the pot shots from trolls and people that were trying to poke fun at things and content that I did Um, And I took a lot of that personally that they felt weren't up to their standards and they were just trying to make fun. I thought all of this happening was outside of my control and was due to these other connections um, and was the reason that I was in the state of mind that I was. And I realized now that it was all internal. It was all me um, allowing those connections to get home um, and change the way that I allocated the energy and thoughts with my kids, with my family, the things that mattered most to me um, was not effective. And I just needed time to reestablish, re-strengthen, revitalize the connections from my mind to my life that matter. Um, And I hope that you can take something from this. Maybe you try to apply this to your life a little bit. Do something that strengthens the connections that are most important to you and see if that changes uh, how you feel. Um, Thank you all again so much for checking out this preview of the Open Championship. Um, I cannot wait for this event. I'm so thankful to DB, not only for taking me golfing at the Wonderful Champions Retreat, but coming on and joining me as part of this show. I'm thankful to you, the listener, for checking this out. If you're here, thumbs up. Subscribe to the YouTube page, please. Like I'm desperate. I don't know how to get subscribers up there. I'm trying everything. I'm trying these crafty little thumbnails. Nothing's working. If you're looking at this right now on Twitter, please go over to the Preferred Lines YouTube page and subscribe. That's all the um, begging that I'm going to do for tonight. Have a great week. Enjoy early morning golf. Take fun in the last major championship of the season. Um, Thank you all. I'm out. Peace.